All right, we um, we're back. Another episode, another edition. I uh, I feel exhausted, but we got three more weeks of this, and it's incredible. Yeah, NFL free agency is crazy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's it's wild. Um, by the way, I was a little off on the players. I was so locked in on the players just as much as college basketball. I had. Uh, and this is going to shock you know, uh, you knowing me, how much I love sports. I had three screens going. My phone, which is like, I don't know. Oh, we've been there. Um, yeah. And then my phone, I think, is like a – it's an iPhone 10, so it's probably like a six-inch screen, I think, something like that. And then I had my mm-hmm. laptop going, and then I had uh, the TV going. And I would always switch channels on each device at one point. So the TV would be the main point of focus for a time being and then, you know, vice versa and move things to the side. But the players was awesome. I was a little off on that. The purse is 15 mil, not two mil. Next week is two mil. So I was one week ahead. But Justin Thomas had amazing and incredible moving day on Saturday. Then he locked in uh, Lee Westwood uh, on Sunday and won. Lee Westwood had a little bit of a struggle uh, on the on the front half, a couple bogeys early. And Bryson DeChambeau made a, a push late to make it interesting. Eagled at 16 with uh, a chance to birdie on the last two, but couldn't do it. And Justin Thomas pulled away with uh, a two-stroke win. What a, what a player's championship. And then that, I mean, do you have to say anything? That Illinois-Ohio State game yesterday and the ACC game on Saturday was just unbelievable. That's why you, that's why they call it March Madness. Yeah, that, that's that's that literally the, the definition of why you call it March Madness. That is the title. It's also cool as a Knicks fan, by the way, we play Brooklyn, well, Monday night. Uh, we've already played them at this point, but it's probably the m- first time since 2012, 2013 that these two teams meeting in a regular season are meaningful. It's just, oh my gosh, I am, I hate Brooklyn, hate them this is going to be the true test of who the best team in New York is. You're really going to put your, uh, really going to put your statement to the test there. Yeah. I, by the way, I think it's what March 19th, 16th. Ah, see, I got confused because I was getting on social media this weekend and I saw a bunch of posts about people going out in St. Patrick's day gear. So I Um, all discombobulated. That, that okay i will give you that one because saint patrick's day is one of those holidays that doesn't have it has a set date not yeah. a set day so you yeah that's that's fair so people are typically celebrating a week earlier a week later. they'll celebrate this weekend too that there's no reason to stop i suppose right and it's like halloween too like the people that go out on halloween like if it falls in the middle of a week like and they go out like on november 2nd and they're like well i'm celebrating halloween this weekend like you can't really blame those people. Yeah, I mean, just keep going. I guess I, you know, I I don't know if I've ever been. I think I've went to like one Halloween party in my adult life. Maybe. I think I've been to. I love Halloween, but I just I. I never get to go. Halloween is also typically the second week of conference action, and I could care less about going out. Like if, if someone's going to ask me to go out like on Halloween, I'm not going to dress up like typically what I'll do. <clears throat> I'll put on a red polo because I wear polos every day and I'll put a name tag on, say, Jake from State Farm. There's my costume, the classic uh, Jim from the office where he like puts the name tag on and says, my name yes. is Dave. Yeah, that, that's that's me. 
I, uh, I, I can't remember if I said this the last episode. And if I did, please stop me. It might have been off air. Uh, my school had a Disney. You know how, like, in high school you do, like, spirit weeks and everything like that. And, you know, for whatever it's worth. They had a Disney movie character day. And, of course, this is relevant because we just had the Disney uh, movie topic conversation. Uh, one, one year, everyone you dressed as their favorite princess, their favorite queen, whoever, you know, everyone did their favorite Disney character, right? Um, I wore a white t-shirt and an Angels baseball hat, and I was the head angel from Angels in the Outfield, and everybody told me that I was not dressed as a Disney character, so I pretty much just spent the day looking up who, I had a picture of Al on my phone Uh. all day just to, just to prove to people, so I I get it. Simplicity sometimes wins whenever you, uh, whenever you need it to. And I, and I don't care about Halloween anyway. Like I, I just go to places and like, I'm the guy that easily says, Hey, can I see the remote for, uh, for what? So I can change it to game A, B, C, whatever. Um, that, that's all I care about, but let's get into every, Wait, um, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, LSU and Auburn's on, I have other things to do. Yeah. I could care less about the band playing or I'll look over there. Someone's dressed as, Elsa or look over there someone's dressed as Hulk I could care less you know I really could um hey look at my costume what do, what do you think of this person costume contest I don't care I really don't um I, I appreciate your effort but I'm not the guy to ask but let's get into everyone's favorite favorite segment it's probably our favorite segment as well and it's brought to you by Amazon Music Ryan, when I'm having a, a long day at work or I am just trying to relax, I can't even tell you how much I love listening to Amazon music, especially when I've been uh, working out uh, last uh, two months here. I just listen to Amazon music. Still still bumping the early 2000s, although although a little bit of uh, Justin Bieber popped in the Amazon music uh, the other day on the shuffle. That, did that, was that good? Yeah, I don't got a problem with the Biebs. Okay, I I I wouldn't call myself a believer, but that's fine. I, I'm he has some decent songs. I'll I'll ride with that. That's okay. Not my not my cup of tea, but it's all good. Um, I mean, Amazon Music this week for me was mostly just a shuffle of everything again. As I've as I've stated, I'm looking forward to some new music though. Uh, one new song I told you about came out last week. Danko Jones' new song, so I was excited about that, but. Turning it back to a little August Burns Red, a little bit more rap. Um, you know what? I've even been listening to, I saw my list of concerts that I'm going to this year, and I started to make that playlist again because I feel like it's going to happen. So a little Ramstein, a little Megadeth. So it was a little bit more of a metal weekend, but you can find all of that and more on Amazon Music. You can sign up, find those playlists that they're liked and kind of catered to you and your taste. You can also make playlists if you just want to have a little bit of everything shuffle, like Ryan said, but you have to sign up with Amazon music to do that. And whenever you sign up for $7.99 a month, sign up using the code, get amazonmusic.com backslash to Ryan sports. Again, that link is get amazonmusic.com backslash to Ryan sports to sign up today get your listening on listen to some Bieber listen to some Ramstein whatever you're into and just have a party yeah let's dive right into it I my first story do you want me to save it because it's probably my number one favorite story I got here do you want me to save it for last or do you want me to go first with it I'm gonna save it for last 
I, okay. I, I like the anticipation. So let's dive into a little fun story that I find on the entertainment side. And I can't even believe I'm saying this. The year's 2021. I, I don't know who does this anymore, but I mean, they filed for bankruptcy. They closed all their stores. Toys R Us has a new owner and they're going to be reopening or plan to. I don't think that's a smart move. I don't know how many people go to toy stores in, in, anymore. I did go to a, uh, a Toys R Us a lot when I was a kid, you know, because it was only like two hours away and, you know, once a month maybe or every other month. But I mean, I, I don't think people are going to Toys R Us. I mean, let's look at what Toys R Us has. It's a lot of toys. I mean, maybe if they focused on toddler stuff, I don't know. But when you look at the other stuff that was in there, it was like action figures and they had games, which GameStop's on its last leg, right? GameStop, I would be surprised. And I mean, you know, we grew up in the GameStop era. I would be surprised if GameStops are still around and they don't file for bankruptcy within, let's say, five years because everyone just downloads them online now. I mean, Gamefly, Gamefly used to be the Netflix for games where you, you know, get them, you send them back whenever. Mm -hmm. I don't think Gamefly exists anymore. Maybe they do digitally, but. I don't know. I just think that's a weird, interesting story. I don't, I'm definitely selling that. I don't think people are going to go back to them. There's a reason they filed bankruptcy and they closed all their stores to begin with. I think people will appreciate it at first for the nostalgia factor to say, oh, Toys R Us is reopened. But, you know, there is a situation I can see buying it. Um, overall, I agree with you. Department stores are going to be a thing of the past. Um, if you've ever heard of Amazon. Just in general, you can get anything there, including Amazon Music for $7.99 a month. Sign up today. But there's a reason that department stores are on the way out, right? Because everyone can just get it shipped right to their door. It's kind of why Netflix put Blockbuster out of business. And then everyone's like, oh, hey, we can do that too with whatever we sell. I mean, honestly, it's there's, there's a part of you that could even justify never going to Walmart again because Walmart has a service where you can sign up for and basically have everything delivered to your door for a, a charge every I'm not sure what the charge is but point is is why would you go anywhere uh, the the point that I can see in them in me buying this would be if they focus more on if if they did it a little bit smaller in scale and they focused more on I'm hesitant to say the word collectible toys, but I'm just going to say that for lack of better words, collectible toys. So like if you do just like the Star Wars figurines, uh, the Frozen stuff, the new like hot toy there, because there's always like a hot toy every year, right? I, I don't know what it is now. Um, but point is, is there's always those toys that are a little bit hotter and are always going to sell better. So if they go a little bit smaller scale and, and kind of rein it in a little bit, but again, part of the problem is, is you can just buy everything for cheap on Amazon now. So unless they have a really nice business strategy to bring it back in and <laughs> partner with Amazon, I, I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. That it's amazing. You say that because while you were looking up, by the way, Amazon music.com uh, backslash two Ryan sports. No, I, <laughs> I, I thought I, I, I saw this somewhere before and I did, uh, I, I wasn't crazy and I, I'm right. Uh, I, I can't believe I remember this, but it's, it's a G4 TV story way back when G4 existed before the reboot happens this summer. 
and it was just starting like in the testing phase, like in 2010. Well, now I guess it's a, a thing that's like legitimately like crazy. Amazon has a grocery store called Amazon Fresh and mm-hmm. there's no cashiers. There's no checkout lines. You just pick an item, put it in your bag and it charges your card that's on file on amazon.com. That's crazy. I mean, that experience just limits so much time. I, I don't know if there's anything more annoying, to be honest with you, than going to a grocery store and waiting in line. Especially because I know that you can staff more cashiers. That's that's yeah. usually that's usually my justification for being upset. But you're right. But the part of the the only issue that I have with an Amazon service like that, and it's not even necessarily with the service itself, it's just with the way that the world works is this is going to start in like a California or New York, these, you know, more prominent areas, there's more people and they'll be able to do something like this. But in West Virginia, where we're from and surrounding areas and many other smaller towns throughout the world too, they're not, they're not going to have this for a while. Right. So you're still kind of a little bit more draconian and that you have to go to the, you know, I feel like people in our hometowns are just now learning about like Walmart pickups. Yeah. Yeah. like you mean I, I can just go and, and pick it up? Like, well, I mean, you could do that like five years ago. But, you know, point is, is uh, yeah, I really like that idea. And I think that's kind of where we're moving. But I mean, even without those grocery stores, Amazon has like their own market section of their website anyway. Mm. So, I mean, you know, Amazon and Disney Plus are taking over the world in a lot of regards, but that's fine. But again, I just don't think that Toys R Us rebooting itself is... Uh, it's funny how we talk about another reboot, even if it is in the uh, the retail space, the, yeah. the Jeffrey the Jeffrey the Draft reboot. Interesting, yeah. um, but I, again, I just don't feel like it's gonna. I, I don't feel like that means anything. I mean, though, they might have a little success in you know their first couple quarters because, like I said, people are gonna say, "Oh, look, Toys R Us is back. We can we can go see this." But I mean, and also too, I, I hate to sound um, I hate to sound fifty five years old with this, but kids and their technology these days Mm. i mean are you gonna sell ipads i used to just get action figures at toys r us or game boy games Mm -hmm. yeah i miss the days of looking for a glass case and getting okay what is what is this crappy game boy game that i'm about to buy okay let me get this fairly odd parents game boy se oh cool it has color that's awesome yeah (laughs) Yeah, well, I remember it. So my Game Boy Color, I, I'm sure you probably had one of the like the original ones too. Like you had to have the nightlight over the um, the my Donkey Kong. Oh, dude, see the nightlight. Let alone believe that it had color. Yeah, those the nightlights on Game Boys are one of those classic things we'll look back on in technology history and be like, what the hell were we doing there? It's um, it's very similar to I don't know if you ever got this at a McDonald's, but there was McDonald's Happy Meals where they had this like little jukebox type things and they called clippets or something like that and yes and you just put them in and it was literally one song it was like the version of getting singles on itunes before that and i so let's yeah i'll find that later in the show but um yeah there was also tooth tunes there's there's all kinds of weird you know what? We need those things back. You put in it. It's literally like the 30 second excerpt from the song because I remember I had two of them. I, th- I feel like it was like yeah. Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears, but like that's more of a, 
this is this is the sign of the times than it is a uh, testament to my music taste. Yeah, that's peak uh, early two thousands. Yeah, and you can listen to those playlists on Amazon Music. I don't know if we've talked about that yet, but just to just to let everybody know. So, I know I joked about it in the beginning about NFL free agency versus the tournament. Uh, we're going to talk about the tournament extensively the next couple of days. So. I'm going to focus on NFL free agency and my buy or sell today because there's a lot of uh, NFL free agency news. Um, so the first one I'm going to start with, the New England Patriots. Have you seen the money that they're just kind of throwing out at people this this day? So they've signed, uh, and I'll probably say his name wrong, and, and I apologize, Devon God, Godchow. Um, Matthew Judon to a massive contract, uh, Jalen Mills from the Eagles and John U. Smith from the, from the uh, Titans, um, spending like $176 million in their first day of free agency. Th I feel like this is not the Patriot way. This is not the way to do it. And of course, Cam Newton last week too, back to a one-year contract. So uh, are you buying the Patriots being better in 2021? I think uh, I think I'll sell because what's interesting about the Patriots is I can't believe they re-signed Cam. Maybe they looked at the quarterback market and they thought, okay, we're not going to get anyone better than Cam as far as a veteran or someone that's on the market. Let's just re-sign him. He knows the system. Let's give him another year because he played all 16, I believe, last year. I don't think he set out any games. Uh, well, he, no, he set out one game due to COVID. He tested positive for COVID. Mm. Um, but... <clears throat> I think what's fascinating about the Patriots, we look at them now as kind of like the Spurs in the NBA, where they seem untouchable and that they can't have these bad runs because they are who they are. I, I mean, if you look at the Spurs, the Spurs still are coached very well by Greg Popovich. And people always talk about, oh, this year's his best year coaching. This year's his best year coaching because once Tim Duncan left, everyone kind of forgot about them and they had like little bad streaks and they didn't make the postseason or whatever. And everyone thought, okay, the Spurs are back to being at the bottom of the basement. They're going to have to go through the rebuild just like any other team would. That's what we look at the Patriots like. Uh, but if you, for, if you remember, half their defense wasn't on the team last year. Half their defense sat out and kind of unprecedented no other team really had that where half their team set out due to COVID risks. So you're going to get some of those players back. You're going to get key guys on the defensive side, especially their linebacking core, their linebackers were hit hard, very hard. I, but it, it's all very interesting. I mean, you have Julian Edelman on the outside and you have cam. I don't know anyone else on that team. They, they are spending money, but I feel like what helps them in a lot of ways they still have Josh McDaniels calling the plays. He's very quarterback friendly and you still have Bill Belichick. I don't know if they're going to go six and 10 again, but what I do know is I don't see them winning the division. And I definitely don't even see them getting a wild card berth because it's been quite a, a while now since Cam had that MVP year. And since then, you know, things just kept going downhill for him. And unfortunately he used to be an elite quarterback, but I look at him kind of like Donovan McNabb was in the late stages of his career now. Plays plays well, just manages the game. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it for all the reasons that that you talked about because they are getting a lot of players back, and this is Cam's second year in the system. So, you know, Cam Newton, whether whether you want to make it out to be, you know, whatever you want to say about his last year, you know, you're coming out of a 
a situation where he was very familiar with the Panthers offense. He was part of that team for many, many years of almost a decade, I, I believe nine, 10 seasons. So he's coming into Phil Tom Brady's shoes, which um, I don't know if we've ever talked about Tom Brady on the show, but point is, is there's, there's a high expectation to live up to. So I, I think that bringing back this core group of guys is going to be beneficial to them. Now, I, I think that there's also going to be the question of those guys coming back and maybe losing a, a small step. Um, I'm not here to judge their training routines or anything of that nature, but point being, they took a year off. And, and I think there is a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a curve whenever you talk about a guy sitting out a year. I think of a guy like Rob Gronkowski whenever he started this the past year with the Bucks. Um, the, the first part of the year, he looked a little sluggish. He, he didn't really have everything going at first. And of course, he picked it back up as the season went on and it was easier. So I think some of these Patriots that sat out last year will go through that. I think they'll go through that uh, first couple games where they're saying, I got to get my feet back under me, get back to game speed, et cetera. But I think the Patriots are looking up. I still think the Jets are the best team in the division, or not the Jets, geez, the Bills are the best team in the division. The Jets are the, clearly the worst team in the division. Uh, the Bills are still the best, best team in the division. Oh. The Patriots, I think, will come back to second. I, I don't know if the Dolphins have sustainable success. I know we talked about that last episode, but I, I think that the Bills are still going to take King here. The Patriots are rebuilding, if that's even a thing, uh, because they're signing guys that can have immediate impacts like we talked about that are going to come in and likely be day one starters. So I think the Patriots did suffer a little bit last year, but it's almost as if Bill Belichick was just like, that's COVID, whatever we're, you know, we're going to have to deal with this and we'll come back next year. And they'll probably win. And this is not a prediction. This is just how I know the Patriots to be. We'll sit here and talk about how they'll fall off and they'll win 10 games. Uh, It's just, it's just kind of how they are. I just feel like that's recency bias. We'll see what happens though. <clears throat> so my, my second story here, it's a dual tag team, if you will, movie story. So the first part of this is Walking Tall, which got a remake, is now getting a remake. It was remade in 2003 with The Rock. Eh, it was not great. Um, it, I Like a three out of a 10, but... You know, it's not one of those movies so bad that it's not watchable. Um, it, it's at least watchable. There are some movies that are in like the, the two or threes out of 10 and you're like, oh my God, I can't watch this. It's getting a remake with another WWE superstar kind of uh, interesting. And this time they're taking a, a, a different turn. They're going to go with Charlotte Flair, Ric Flair's daughter, to be the lead uh, role. So we'll see what happens there. And then Avatar. I uh, I understand Disney owns Avatar and Marvel, but uh, I did not like that move. I'm a big time sell on the fact that James Cameron, kind of petty, to be honest with you, putting Avatar back in the theaters in China just to get for, for one or two weekends, just to try to break uh, Avengers Endgame as the highest grossing movie of all time again. And it, it got like three or four mil. And of course, you know, Disney owning both properties, they have to take the company line and saying, you know, congratulations, Avatar, those kind of things. But let's be honest here. That was kind of a petty move. So you're telling me that we are remaking a movie that's already been remade? Yeah, so Walking Tall was a movie in the, I believe it was in 1975. 
It was remade in mm-hmm. 2003 with The Rock, and now we're going to get a remake. It'll probably release sometime either this year or 2022 because the thing with WWE stars when they go away in film, because the schedule is so brutal on their bodies, they just like mm-hmm. to get everything done at like an extreme fast pace that it's like, how can you do that? Sure. So I see the one here. It's like part of the, the trilogy in the 70s and such. So this is just furthering my argument of we in Hollywood are lazy. Mm. If, if we're to the point now of saying, well, we, we remade it once, but we're going to try again. You know what? You know what franchise it reminds me of? And and I, I don't really have a lot of room to talk here because I've not seen them all. So I can't really judge them. I just know by what I've been told and what I've read. It's almost like Halloween. It's almost like the Halloween movies. You know, if you make 11 of them, there's bound to be one or two that are good. The original's great. I think the original is a classic horror, thrasher, scary movie. I mean, it's, you have to put it in the context of 1970 when you watch it. That's scary to somebody back then. You watch it now, eh, not really scary, but right. Point is, is at the time it was a great movie. It still stands the test of time, but you know, when you try to just keep going down that hole, you're going to find that people get tired of it at some point. And again, I asked the question, did anyone ask for this? Is this something that anyone is clamoring for? Is this such a popular thing that people are saying, no, we absolutely have to do this again. So at least with a series like Halloween, I realize this isn't a series, it's a reboot, but at least the first one was so good that people were like, okay, yeah, absolutely. Like, we'll take a second one, but then you just keep beating the dead horse. I mean, are we going to be, are we going to be talking about doing this again in another 15 years? Mm. Oh, again, Hey, it's the, it's the fourth walking tall remake. <laughs> uh, great. Come up with something new. And then avatar though. I, I mean, we talked about this before, but I'm, I'm interested to see that. I think that, I think that has a chance. I don't know if it necessarily, I feel like it, it could still be affected with COVID with the, with the box office. Now, now would that just be in China that, that they're trying to break that record? Because that clearly couldn't set the world record. Yeah, no, he uh, he just re-released it in China. Keep in mind that movie came out in 2009. It's 2021. It's It was re-released in theaters for two weekends, and it was only in China. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's a movie that I feel like is, is very well loved. And, and when they do the remake, I think people will flock to it again if it's done well. But... <sighs> I'm, I'm still hung up on the fact that we're remaking another movie that's already been remade and I'm looking at the rock here. And I mean, I mean, okay. The rock's fine. I, I don't know. I, I just feel like Hollywood is a uh, Hollywood's getting lazy, very lazy. The thing about the rock is his early days. He just would, you know, he's, a, he's a young actor. I mean, he's still super popular obviously because of his wrestling background, but I'm sure he was just making anything that would come along to, to that's what Batista, who's another wrestler. Sometimes Batista has been in projects where I'm like, Oh, that I, I don't know about that. You know, and I'm sure that each actor picks projects based on they think it'll be good. But I mean, Batista has been in like a cup, like the rock was in tooth fairy. And he talks about that as being one of his most embarrassing acting moments. Like, think about that. You know what I mean? Like that, that is a fact. Um, Walking Tall, though, like it being remade, like I, I don't know. It, it It's interesting because I've only can think of one instance where 
a movie's been remade over and over and over with the same exact story plot line with just characters changed and tweaked. And it's a star is born. It was made in the 40s. It was made in the 50s. It was made in the 70s. And then it was made again with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, which won Oscars. You think about that. All those movies did well, too, even when they were remade and they just changed the the singer and they just changed the main actor who was playing it. So I don't know. I also, by the way, I've never seen a scary movie or a horror movie. And if, if we're talking about franchises that need to end, The Rock is someone that uh, I would love to meet one day. And that would be a fantasy island type of scenario. If we ever interview The Rock, we would have to be uber famous to do that. But I'm telling you, man, give Fast and Furious a rest. I've never watched them. But if you look at their Rotten Tomatoes scores, too, oh. they're like at 20%. Like, you, you, you got to stop it. You got to stop. Yeah, the, there's, and the thing is, is there are people that still watch them and say all the new Fast and Furious movies coming out. You, at some point, you just have to, we're done. We're done with it. Yep. The, the first one, the first one was great. Uh, apparently, the second one, a lot of people like, but you don't really hear a lot. I guess the one after, um, what was the, the guy's name? Paul, Paul, Walker. Walker, Paul Walker. After he passed away, people said, oh, that one was good, but... Uh, I just don't think you can do personally. I don't think you can do nine movies of the same variety. And people are like, Oh yeah, all of them are, all of them are great. No, there's, there's so many more. I still think that we need to dive further into history and tell more historical stories. And then we would understand, but that's, I, I digress. I have a lot of ideas on things that we should be making movies on that we're not making movies on. So but again, I, I digress. I don't understand how they crush it at the box office either. They pull in at like six, seven hundred million dollars. Like maybe people just like cars, but like seriously, like if, if someone's out there and they like Fast and Furious movies, Google their Rotten Tomatoes score. Actually, you have Google pulled up right now. Google their Rotten Tomatoes score. There's they're all like 20%. And James Bond, James Bond movies are actually good because I think like they've been it's now in 20 seven or 28 years that they've done James Bond, but they keep doing different iterations, different storylines, different James Bond, you know, people. And I, I, I don't know. It's, um, I, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. No, I, I certainly don't need more, more and more remakes of everything. I'll It'll gladly, be gladly pass. It'll be the year 2020, uh, like 2055. And it'll be Fast and Furious 40 and coming soon to a theater near you. Vin Diesel at 75 and rock, you know. In Tooth Fairy 6. But we'll um we'll wait for that. So, like I said, I'm focused on a little bit more NFL free agency today with the uh, buy or sell. So we looked at the Patriots spending. There's there's actually one position, and I don't know how closely you've been watching it, that has not seen the same amount of spending just in general than any of the other positions I've seen. Uh, you know, you could say quarterback hasn't really seen a whole lot, and that's fair. We usually, excuse me, know about quarterback news, but wide receivers. I don't know if you've noticed, but wide receiver market has been very quiet today. The only name of note uh, in the free agency realm being Nelson Aguilar signing. Um, so nothing, you know, nothing crazy. Um, Aguilar, I'm sure you probably remember a noted, Noted drop 
problem in, in his time, uh, but he's actually going to the Patriots as well. And I purposely left him out of my, uh, my Patriots thing because I knew we were coming to this, but still leaves out guys like Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel, uh, Marvin Jones, John Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, T.Y. Hilton. So this leads me to believe that are you buying or selling that you need to sign receivers or is this a strong receiver class? So you're just kind of waiting to see the market play out. He has bricks for hands. That That's what Aguilar has. I, the receiver market is odd now, right? Because we feel like we're in the stage. I think almost kind of, we go through these cycles in wide receivers where there's key seven or eight, nine guys at the top and then a massive drop off. But then you'll go through these cycles where it's not like that. You'll have guys that it's really in depth all the way down to like the twenties and and thirties of receivers, even counting slot guys. I don't see Nelson Aguilar or any wide receiver getting a big payday. I don't, I feel like we're in the past. We're obviously in the passing stages when it comes to the NFL, but the money's at the running back, the money's at the offensive line and the quarterback. Because if you look at the running backs, running backs have been getting paid in recent years and people thought running backs were done. But to be honest with you, running backs at times are more important than wide receivers because you look at guys like Melvin Gordon, uh, Carlos Edwards Hilaire. You have James Conner in Pittsburgh who can catch the ball. You have guys coming out of the backfield um what's what's the um gibson and uh and antonio gibson in washington you have key guys who can catch the ball and run and you can pay them a little bit more reasonably because at times wide receivers just are asking for way too much of a payday well and so one thing that's interesting as i read down that list is i mean i can read them again but I, i think you remember most of them Is there anyone on that list that at, at this time in 2021, going into the 2021 season, that you would consider a true number one wide receiver? A true number one. Mm-hmm. Maybe Chris Godwin in Tampa. He's not on the free agency market, though. So, I mean, Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller, Antonio Brown. I mean, Antonio Brown was a number one, but... But he's passed. Now, I don't think so. Sure. Juju, Corey Davis, Curtis Curtis Samuel, Marvin Jones. Juju's a number two, a solid number two. You pair him with a solid number two. I feel like Juju could right. end up in L.A. Rams. And that's – I think that's – that's just, I think that's just it. I think you're looking at a wide receiver position this year that doesn't really have a lot of, a lot of, not, not that there's not talent, but a lot of true superstar talent. And of course, I mean, if Antonio Brown would have came on the market in 2015 and, and the Steelers didn't re-sign him, I mean, that would have been a clamoring market. People would have been handing him money left and right. But just looking at these guys, I, I just feel like there's not a number one guy. So these are turning into more insurance policies. Nelson Aguilar getting $26 million has has me baffled in the way that the Patriots have spent money today. I will reiterate that fact. Um, <laughs> really trying to get Cam some weapons, but I, I feel like you could almost pay one of those wide receivers. I would rather have maybe another one of those wide receivers. 
as opposed to Aguilar on that. But again, it, it seems to me like there's not a true number one guy. There's certainly not a DeAndre Hopkins, um, a, a healthy Julio Jones, a DK Metcalf. And, but there's a reason. Their receivers are receivers truly are there's there is that drop off. I, I think to your point of there being a lot of, you know, you gotta go all the way down to the slot guys. None of these guys are, are clamoring for the MVP award, but that select few of, of seven or eight guys that are superstar receivers, they're locked in. And, and there's a reason why. Vegas needs a top guy. Our team. Vegas. It was Nelson Aguilar. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So my last story, it's Oscar nomination day. Love Oscar nomination day. Things are about to get crazy for me as far as I just I, I basically need to invent myself a Joe Lenardi bunker because I go in once Oscar nominations and I just lock in. Okay, he, this person's nominated for best actor, best movie, so on and so forth. Now, the last year or two, I haven't been able to watch. I, I haven't watched the best picture and it, it wasn't I, I will get around to it. I know the Green Book with Mar, uh, Mahersha Ali is a fantastic movie. Um, I, I know that um, Parasite last year, first foreign film ever to win Best Picture. Need to watch that. But let's just go down through the list. Uh, speed, speed round. Best Picture, uh, some stuff that, that will stick out coming Oscar season. The Trial of Chicago 7, which is on Netflix. Sasha Baron Conan is in that. He's nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Sound of Metal, which everyone, everyone, everyone is talking about this film. Chadwick Boson, nominated for Best, uh, Best Actor. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously, you know, something that last August was uh, terrible news. And, you know, I, I can't wait to watch that film. You have other other people like Amanda Seyfried, who um, <laughs> was in Ted 2 just like eight, seven years ago and been in other interesting, weird projects. And she's have her she has her first Oscar nomination. Um, kind of some interesting things. Women, uh, women directors and writers uh, set a historic year as far as Oscar nominations. And I, I got to tell you, the best animated um, film, one of the um, movies that's nominated, and I, I'm, I, everyone keeps talking about it, is uh, Soul. So, I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of other things. Uh, people also talk about Onward, the uh, Chris Pratt, kind of like looks like the, the trolls a little bit. Um, so I'm, I'm very interested uh, about the lock into Oscar season. Um, buying, I think at this point, Oscars is about as original as you can get. I need to see the sound of metal. That's Everyone that talking. to me. I mean, that, that I mean that to me. I I mean we've we've hammered this into the ground. But you know, I'm not a big movie guy. But you know, there's there's clearly not a lot of movies that. And I realize that there's like a deeper side to it too. It's not just like a metal music movie. But the fact that it is kind of centered around like the the metal drummer and, and everything that goes into it, I'm I'm ready to see it. I've I've passed it on Amazon a few times. It's in my queue. I'm ready to see it, and it'll happen eventually. But uh, Soul is actually in that realm too because I've not seen that one yet either. I've only I've only heard good things about that one too. 
Uh, I'm sure there will probably be more that come out of this. I, I feel like kind of similar to you too. There, there are ones that I don't know about or have not heard about previously. And I'll see him around Oscar time and I'll be like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that is. Like Parasite was, was a perfect example of that because that's still on my list too. Uh, I started it. I just, I didn't get a chance to finish it based on timing and whatnot. But anyway, I, I, I see these movies and I hear these reviews and I'm not always a big review guy. I'm not always somebody that puts a lot of stake into uh, this critic is huge on that because you're not always going to like what I like. But typically when it comes to the Oscars and the award winners, they're, they're, they're okay and spot on. Yeah. I, by the way, Gary Oldman is, is nominated for best actor, his third Oscar nomination. This is a guy that was in the Batman trilogy with Kristen Bale. And since then he's been nominated for three Oscars, one of which he played uh, during World War II as um, Winston Churchill. Uh, which is a great film. I forget the name of it. It's slipping me at the moment. But no, I, Oscar season's great. Oscar season really is great. You, you learn about a lot of things. I'm kind of shocked uh, at certain films. You would, you would think because it was such an odd year, right? Like, duh. Like, you know, all those movies are streaming. So most of them, anyway. Some of them did come out in January or February before movie theaters shut down. You would figure Borat 2, a lot of people are talking about it today as being an Oscar snub because of how unique it was being filmed the way it was during a pandemic. And number two, a lot of people, and this doesn't shock me either, a lot of people are surprised at certain Oscar snubs, if you will, as far as Hamilton. Um, I haven't seen Hamilton. I, I It is on the list sometime. Uh, as things slowed down around March Madness time before there's, you know, a brief period where basketball, it, it, I just really focus on the Knicks for the most part, but playoffs before it kicks up, you know, in hockey, I uh, try to really lock in on movies again. But um, yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I didn't see Borat too, but um, I, I know, that, I know that Rudy Giuliani um, is in it. So this might be a controversial take and I might make some people mad here. Um, this is about Borat. I, I didn't like the first one. I, I just, I, I didn't think it was, I, maybe, maybe I missed it. Maybe I missed something. Maybe I need to try again, but I watched it and I just, I, I couldn't get into it. It's definitely acquired taste, I think. That's how people, like everyone talks about Napoleon Dynamite as one of those cult classics. To be mm-hmm. honest, if you watch Napoleon Dynamite, it's one of those films you're like, oh, I, you, you, I mean, I guess you could get it, but if you don't, then it really sucks. Like Napoleon mm-hmm. Dynamite, like you have to really enjoy it for like the t-shirts and the costumes and stuff around Halloween. That's where it's fun. Did, did you like Borat? I, it was okay, but I remember when Bruno mm-hmm. came out, which was, was supposed to be the sequel to Borat, and I was like, there's no way. I mean, I think it, it was average. I mean, you know, Borat 2, everyone talks about it as this great film. But I, for me, I don't know, going around doing comedy and, and some of the things. Like, I know the Rudy Giuliani scene went, like, extremely viral as anything can go. Sure. But, I mean, I, I just don't think it's something for, for my taste. Because I like Napoleon Dynamite. 
but it but you're right it's not something i'm not raving about it being like oh this is the greatest storyline ever you you honestly just have to watch it and not get it the, that's kind of the reason that napoleon dynamite is funny is is there's not really a point oh the penguins just scored wonderful in the middle of my point great but you you just don't you don't get it i mean obviously there is a story in it but when you watch it you're just like this is the goofiest and maybe even dumbest movie I've ever watched, but some of the things are funny. I mean, you you take some of the one-liners and you still hear people say, I mean, I maybe do at least because I I know that I like it, but still, it's just, I don't know. I didn't like Borat. I've never seen Hamilton. I hear mixed things. Um, you know, there are some people that are uh, adoring of it and absolutely love it. And there are some people that say, eh, I, you know, it's, it's okay. Like it's fine. There's nothing crazy about it. So I'm willing to give it a chance. I actually just watched the movie, the greatest showman um, with my girlfriend over the weekend for the first time. And, and I actually enjoyed it. I, I didn't think that was a bad movie. Yeah. I, 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 I liked it. I thought it was fun. Good soundtrack. Um, I'm not, I'm not really a big musical guy. I, I don't, I mean, you, you hear me talk about movies. I talk about horror movies and sports movies, which is not shocking, but um, I would never maybe look at a musical first and be like, oh yeah, definitely that. But it was a really good movie. So maybe I need to give Hamilton a chance. And to go along with this, you know, it makes Oscar nominations so great is the Razzies also come out a couple of days before. Do you know what the Razzies mm, are? I do. The Razzies are worst movies. So if you don't mind, can I go through this list real quick as, as a yes. this story? So Dr. Doolittle, which is Robert Downey Jr.'s film that came out last January in theaters, mm -hmm. not a shocker there. He's also nominated for worst actor. Adam Sandler's Netflix movie, Hubie Halloween, as far as one of the worst movies. Um, <laughs> man, it just keeps going. Kristen Wiig nominated as one of the worst actors of Wonder Woman 84, which I thought going into Wonder Woman, I was really excited. I was like, here we go. This is not going to disappoint. It's nominated as one of the worst films. Um, <laughs> it's actually nominated as ripoff or sequel, worst remake. So there, and uh, Rudy Giuliani is actually nominated as um, a worst supporting actor. Uh, so there, there, <laughs> there's a couple good stuff in here. Um, the Razzies are fun. I mean, some people might take offense to it, but I mean, look, it, it happens. Not everything's going to be a hit. You know who's not going to take offense to it? Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Adam Sandler make the movie Hubie Halloween in response to his Oscar snub for Uncut Gems? I'm, I'm not so sure. That I, that's one, one of the biggest Oscar snubs of all time. The fact that he didn't get nominated for Uncut Gems is a fantastic movie. Yeah, because I remember him said, like, and I don't even know if it's true or not. I, you know, maybe spend too much time on social media, but he said something like, if, if he's not nominated for this, he'll make the worst movie ever on purpose. So that's who we got. We got Michael Douglas, 1984, wearing a leather jacket. Same, Michael. Yeah, but keep going. We got um, we got Penguins on one and Saturday Night Live on the other. This is a, this is the this is the perfect podcast. What what you folks don't see on the screen is because we don't record all of our interviews to to put them on YouTube. Is is typically I have something on the background in front or behind Ryan, but today I actually have the Penguins on. So like I, I kind of get a little bit of double dose, triple dose really of entertainment between the show. 
uh, what's on Ryan's TV and what's on my TV. So it's it really is an all-around experience, not only if we had relaxed, March Madness. It's probably the most relaxed recording podcast environment that there is. <laughs> like, yeah, no, 100%. 100%. Um, but no, I... The other, the other thing I think of, it, because it is award season, is the Grammys were what Sunday now. I, you want to talk about an awards? The the reason that I don't like the Grammys is because music taste I think is subjective, and you know you're telling me, oh, well, that's the best album. But I, I, if I don't like the artist, then it doesn't matter. You know, that's that's just the point. And you know, Taylor Taylor Swift's a very talented artist. I'm not, I'm not a super fan like many are. Uh, the album of the year last year, in my opinion, was Alpha Wolf's A Quiet Place to Die. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, that didn't win. So as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> it's, that's just it. But anyway. Yeah, no. All right, last. last go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say real quick to that. There's a reason the Grammys and Emmys keep setting record low numbers for people watching it is because I think people don't pay attention to those things as much. But the Oscars like always have like great ratings because people do really believe that these movies are truly movies you should watch. It's not like, Oh, okay. This person's nominated for award, but like on, on a Grammy, like, Oh, this is the best album. Well, how, how do you know what I mean? But continue. Right. Well, and I'm not going to go down a complete rabbit hole here, but mind you, as a, as a heavy metal music fan, I'm told my entire life that the music that I listen to is solely about Satan and the the devil and everything like that where it's not at all it never i mean there are some artists that do but it's not all like that in fact a lot of it's uplifting um and they're like oh well your music's just scary and screamy and satan and you know wap comes on and i'm subjected to that and supposed to believe that that's great music but i I digress. Anyway, all right. Last sports story here. Uh, oh, the Penguins scored again. Wonderful. Um, last sports story here is um, it's not NFL free agency, but it's NFL related. Um, we say goodbye to, I mean, in my opinion, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Drew Brees has retired after 20 seasons in the NFL. Uh, fantastic career. I'm not going to list all of his accolades. You can look him up. Um, if, if you don't know who Drew Brees is and you watch the NFL, I apologize. But uh, really just a simple question here. Are you buying or selling that uh, the career of Drew Brees, now that it is, we put a cap on it, buying or selling that he's a top five all-time quarterback in the history of the league? Well, that has to be a buy. I, mean, I think what's interesting about Drew, he gets lost in the Peyton Tom shuffle, but he's just as good. And to be honest with you, everyone thinks Peyton's the best quarterback of all time or or this person or that person, it, it, it's Tom Brady. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's stop having that debate. Who, who's the best quarterback of all time. The dudes won seven rings. He signed a contract over the weekend, by the way, for a two year extension on his contract, he would be 47. I believe if he retires, if that contract goes through and I mean, the, <laughs> it's hard to doubt him. It's hard to doubt him, but no, Tom, Tom is the best quarterback of all time, but Drew, what's interesting about Drew, him retiring, you know, the only player left from the 2000 to 2003 drafts of any position, it's Tom. So Tom looks like he's not slowing down while Drew was pretty rough in his final season. And 
he he's going to be a no ballot, uh, no brainer first ballot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, if you look at it in the context of NFL history, um, you know, we could sit here and debate. I mean, I know I I could sit here and do it. I'm an NFL nerd, but I could sit here and do it all day to debate who the top quarterbacks of all time are. But I mean, really, I think in your point, I think when you talk about Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, I, I truth, truthfully think that those two are no brainers. Obviously, there's there's no <laughs> you're not going to debate either of them being in that. Um, and certainly we, we can sit here and again, I'll just name a few. I'm not going to go down the, the hole, but the Joe Montana's, the, the Dan Marino's. Um, if you want to go farther back, the Johnny Unitas's or Otto Graham's. I mean, it just again, it depends who you ask. It depends what they value. But but I I buy it. I, I buy that Drew Brees is a top five all-time quarterback. Um, and I think the reason why is, is, in my opinion, I think what Drew Brees kind of did is Drew Brees has kind of ushered in this, um, ushered in this passing era that we're in now. Not that Peyton Manning and Tom Brady weren't a part of it because they were certainly a subject to it. But if you remember back whenever Drew Brees signed with the Saints in 2006 after he was with the Chargers, that's when he re- he was great with the Chargers, but his numbers really started to just jump up in this passing league in 2006 and beyond. And I really think that he's been the consistent star of, of the numbers game. So, you know, there are some people that say, oh, it's about numbers. Oh, it's about rings. It's about the, it doesn't matter. But Drew Brees, uh, he's done everything right. Sure, he only won one Super Bowl. It's not all his fault. There are other factors that play into that too. I still think of that pass interference call a couple of years ago in the NFC championship game, but uh, we'll stay away from that. But Drew Brees, in my opinion, top five all-time quarterback. Um, he's he's probably fourth or fifth in that realm, uh, depending on who you ask, maybe sixth or seventh, but he's definitely top 10 all-time. No doubt about that. Again, like you said, clear first ballot Hall of Famer. One of the best to ever do it. Uh, it's sad to see him go. It'll be interesting to see, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later on, what New Orleans does at quarterback, but it's not going to be Drew Brees, and that's kind of sad because um, that's uh, it feels like another part of the NFL that I grew up watching is is done. Well, they did extend Taysom Hill. so They extended him to play every position on the field. Did yeah. you know that Taysom Hill can play multiple positions? I didn't know if Trey Aikman and Joe Buck told you that enough. It's been brought up a time or two, just kind of like Logan Thomas played quarterback at Virginia Tech. Uh, but Deuce McBride uh, was a quarterback in high school. I don't know if you watch any uh, yeah. WVU hoops, folks, but whew, that's a, that's an overdone you know, one. Julian Edelman played quarterback at Kent State, never talked about. Chris, Chris Hogan was a rugby or a, or a lacrosse player. <laughs> yeah, that's never that's never brought up. All right. So, you know what week it is? March Madness. I thought you were going to say NFL free. No, I'm just kidding. March Madness. It is March Madness time. It is be glued to the TV time. It is be glad to work from home time so I can have basketball on every screen while I'm working this weekend. By the way, this is not an opinion. It's a fact, and they've done studies. I can't believe they've actually done studies, though. That, that's, that's the weird part. Uh, this week, when it comes to American Workforce Work Week, is the least productive and most called off week of the year, uh, you think? Um, yeah, and the reason, so I know this isn't exactly a one for one, 
but I legitimately remember, and you have to as well, even though we didn't go to the same high school, we grew up in the same public school system. I remember when West Virginia would play a noon game on a Friday in the tournament, uh, our, our teachers would say, well, we're turning it on. Right. Like exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's how it works. That's how it works. And it also works that way when you only have like one, well, I mean, two big universities in the state, WVU and Marshall, but you know, WVU more prompt. But anyway, I'm not going to get into that. Point is, March Madness, it's time. By the way, two and three on that list was the week between Christmas and New Year's as the uh, second least productive, and then uh, July 4th week. Uh, so, kind of July 4th week. Is that because, like, that's when it like really, so I mean, I guess it's warm in June. I'm not here to dissect the yeah, government yeah, studies on uh, production yeah. weeks. So let's break down regions. Let's go through the let's go through the region where there could be there could be a little chaos, I think, in this region. Let's go with the West region. So let's start at the West. Gonzaga versus number 16, whoever the, the winner is in the play-in game. Look, the UMBC game was awesome to finally witness that happens in sports, mm-hmm. but it'll be a long time. It'll be a long time, and I hope I'm wrong, but it'll be a long time before that happens again. They're going to roll over whoever that is. You have Oklahoma, Missouri. You have Creighton, UCSB. You have Virginia, Ohio. You have USC, the winner of Wichita versus Drake, which Drake is one of the sleepy, sneaky, sneaky teams that you should be looking out for based on their conference championship week play and the fact that they just played Loyola Chicago and they could have won that game. You have Kansas Eastern. Eastern Washington, you have Oregon VCU, you have Iowa, and the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon University is making an appearance as a 15 seed for the first time in the tournament. That is fantastic. In the West region, I really think it's it kind of, it's kind of simple. Gonzaga, everyone thinks that they're going to make it to the Final Four. I don't think it's that simple. Your, their second game, the winner of the Oklahoma-Missouri game, could be very dangerous for them. And to be mm-hmm. honest with you, I like two up, upsets early in the bracket on the West side. I have VCU. I think they could make a sweet 16 run. I think mm-hmm. they're going to beat Oregon. Oregon doesn't look like the team that they were, or especially – what, what what's telling about conference championship week teams that play good play really well and get on runs that's typically the case at least in the first weekend now they might make it to the sweet 16 and lose but teams that play well play well going into the tournament and teams that play down heading into the stretch play bad Oregon feels like one of those teams for me I actually think Kansas because of what's happened to them in the last couple of days with being delayed Rest helps them, right? But I think that they're sleeping on Eastern Washington. If they win that first game, they play USC, I think. Um, they will. They could play USC, but I think they'll play Drake. But I think whoever they play in that second game, they're going to lose. Iowa seems like the favorite to me on the west side of the region to come out to the bracket. And UCSB, it's uh, – I, I love March Madness, but I'm tired of hearing the 12s beat the 5s. Yes, it's statistically proven that 12s have a better winning record than five seeds in the last 10 to 12 years. But what is not proven is teams that are 12 seeds and they they typically don't get to the Sweet 16 uh, weekend. I feel like Virginia's, even though Virginia has a very slow offensive game, Virginia's going to crush them. I, I To be honest with you, I, I really love Iowa. They're one of those big 10 teams that just feel like true, true contenders. And I, I, I think Iowa... 
will end up coming out of the West region. So just looking at this as a whole, I, I know this is something that I've said on the show before, but when, when we look at the year in college basketball, the Big Ten and the Big 12 are the gauntlet conferences, right? Those oh. are the conferences that it, it always is tough to get out of with a decent record, let alone sometimes a winning record. Um, so when, when you look at matchups, like, like you said, like it, let's, you know, obviously say Gonzaga moves on. If they play Oklahoma, Oklahoma's a tough team. That's not an easy matchup in the round of 32. Now, I know it seems so simple as if to say Gonzaga should just breeze through the bracket, but it's really not that simple, especially when you're playing a team from a, from a conference that's very tough and very deep. And Oklahoma is a victim of that. They're a victim of a very tough conference in the Big 12. Um, and you know, Missouri could do it too, but I think I have more faith in Oklahoma just because of the, the conference and, and the SEC is not quite um, the same depth of conference this year. But point is, again, that I, I think that I think that Oklahoma State and, and of course, I think a team like Iowa really has an advantage there too. You know, I don't want to sleep on a team like Virginia only because I, I made the prediction last. It wasn't even necessarily a prediction, but, you know, I always, I always tend to favor two teams that have that winning head coach, somebody that knows how to do it uh, during this time of year. And, and honestly, Virginia is monotonous as they are and is almost boring as they are at times. Um, they're still a four seed. So I think that there's a potential that they could, you know, come down this bracket. Uh, you know, it's not going to be an easy run, but Kansas is hungry too. Look, Kansas hasn't, they didn't get off to the best start, but they've been able to pick it up a little bit recently. And that's another one of those winning pedigrees. When you look at a guy like Bill Self in the, in the big 12 conference too, this has been a challenging year for them. So are they playing their best basketball right now? Um, maybe. But like you said, rest is certainly going to help them a little bit. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see Kansas come out of this conference or this side of the bracket. Uh, I think it's going to be tough, though, because obviously Iowa and Gonzaga are, excuse me, great teams, hence the number one and two seed. But I, I think Kansas is a little bit dangerous. And maybe that's some bias of the of the Big 12. But there's there's certainly something to be said for Kansas at this point. Uh, coming off the rest, hopefully they're not one of those teams that's uh, affected by COVID again whenever it gets to tournament time. Yeah, what's fascinating about this week today when you were listening to this is the last day a team can test positive and the matchup that they play won't move on because there's four alternate teams that could fill those spots. And after today... So Wednesday of this week, if a team tests positive, team B moves on. So it's kind of interesting how they did that. You thought that you think they would have at least done the first weekend, but I get they want to keep to their schedule of let's get this thing moving. Final four is always the first weekend in April. Um, I will say uh, I'm very excited to see the Grand Canyon University play basketball. Uh, that'll be awesome. It's nice to... Nice to see a for-profit university in there. A little bit different, but we're, I, I like it. Yeah. And I think if Kansas wouldn't have tested positive, they would have beat Texas last week. I really do. Uh, Texas. To maybe me, next year we'll see, uh, maybe next year we'll see DeVry. Ooh, yes. Or uh, S Southern New Hampshire. That's another one. Oh, Southern New Hampshire. Can you see like a Phoenix? Yeah. Um, no. So. Strayer. Talking about legit, legit teams. I hope I didn't curse Michigan. 
I, I hope I didn't curse them. Ever since I said they were the best team, in my opinion, in the country, I still think that they are. I really do. It Look, their schedule was – I look at it now, and their schedule kind of ended up the way that them losing those games wasn't shocking. They lost to Michigan State, right? They lost to Illinois, an ass-kicking by Illinois. They win in the Big Ten tournament, but then they lose in the semifinals, and that doesn't really shock me because Ohio State plays to Michigan's weakness. What's fascinating about Michigan, when you watch them the last three weeks, when they play really good, they play really well. And no one can stop them in their pace of play and the way they shoot on the outside. But when they play bad, they play extremely bad, and it's almost brutal to watch. But they're going to roll over whoever the 16th seed is. LSU St. Bonaventure. Did you get to see any of LSU playing this weekend? It, it was phenomenal how they played in the, in the conference tournament down in Nashville. They should have won that Arkansas game. They had every chance to win that Arkansas game. They just could not get it done. Um, I'm sorry, Alabama, Alabama. But Georgetown, what an amazing story. Couldn't be happier as a Knicks fan for my guy, Patrick Ewing. Also, in the post game, it's one of those low-key moments that I love when people stick at the broadcasters or even like, look, we're, we're, I guess, podcasters. We're not broadcasters, but – when we're wrong, we, we love to be wrong, you know, because good things happen for people like uh, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. That's a perfect example, right? Where we, we thought they weren't going to win the Super Bowl, but we thought they were kind of past their, their stage. But when they asked him, what's it feel like to win? He just had this most sarcastic look in the, the night before. Um, he said, you know, you guys kept picking us to lose and that we're going to get smoked and everything. And what did he do? He won the Big East tournament, and it's kind of it's kind of awesome that he did it on the day John Thompson uh, was hired back in 1972. Florida State, UNC Greensboro. Florida State's a dangerous team. BYU, Michigan State, uh, UCLA winner. Michigan State, I think, is going to end up beating UCLA, end up beating BYU. Texas Abilene Christian, that feels like an upset. Abilene Christian, if you watch them over conference championship week, and I'm not, you know, an Abilene Christian watch every game fan, but I did watch them last week. They are so fast and they, Texas plays slow. We know from watching Texas, they play slow, right? Their best player, Sims. Sims has played really well, but I don't know. And then you got UConn, Maryland and Alabama, Iona, the return of the Patinos. How about that? The return of <laughs> the Patinos. Um, Alabama seems like a, like an easy pick for everyone to think that they're going to make the final four. But I actually like Maryland to beat them coming into the second round. I don't know, man. I, I, I know that I keep jinxing Michigan. I hope I'm not, but I still like Michigan to make the final four. And here's a little something I hope happens. I hope Georgetown makes at least a sweet 16 run because their story has been incredible. That would be fun to see that story play out. But um, looking at the last matchup, I'm kind of starting bottom up here. Would, okay. So, We've we've seen a couple more of the two and fifteen upsets in the past. Would you be crazy shocked? Now I know it might be a, a stretch into thin air here. Would you be shocked to see Rick Patino in the round of thirty-two? No, I wouldn't because it, it'd be classic him sticking it to the NCAA in a, in, a, in a way, right? Yeah, and and that's that's why I don't feel like it's far fetched. I mean, clearly Alabama of the two teams, I mean, if you look at these teams on paper, you're going to say, oh, yeah, Alabama's the best. But 
again, this goes back to, I think, college basketball. There is a little bit of value in the – when you have coaches that have been there, they they bring it to the table a little bit more. And, and I'm not – I wouldn't be shocked to see that. I wouldn't be shocked if we're looking at a – you know, maybe even a buzzer beater. I own a beating Alabama. Now, do I think it's actually going to happen? Eh, maybe not. I would pick Alabama in my bracket. But point is, is, you know, there's something to be said for those coaches that have that big time experience like Patino does. Uh, yeah, your your Michigan curse is a little bit strange. I, I don't know how to feel about that. It's almost like as soon as we picked on the, not picked on, but picked up the Raiders and we're like, man, this team might actually be something. They started to go downhill. So uh, maybe all sports teams should start listening to this. And whenever we start talking about them, they should be nervous because we're, uh, we don't seem to have the best track record with picking team. And I mean, that's uh, when I picked with my heart, the last half of the Steelers season, it didn't go well either. So it's um, wasn't great, but this, this, this feels to me like more of a top heavy side. Um, the, actually the matchup that I found the most interesting because I don't typically watch a ton of college basketball throughout the year. So I don't always know all the best teams, but UConn in Maryland almost seems like a little um, throwback to like the two thousands. No, like some of the better team, like the Gary Williams era Terps and uh, UConn of the two thousand. I think of Kemba Walker's step back 10 years ago. So I don't know. That feels like a little bit of a throwback, but Honestly, this conference, I, I think, is a little bit more top-heavy. I, I really think Michigan is probably the team to beat in this side, again, hence the number one ranking. But I, I don't know if any of these other teams are, are consistent enough to go all the way throughout. I think if they run into a team like Michigan, uh, they'll be the clear favorite. I, I don't know if there's another team that has the sustainable success that Michigan has shown, even with some losses in the last few games. Um, I, I just I don't think there's another team that I would favor. Or, or even pick for an upset, uh, maybe like I would in that top bracket, looking at a team like Iowa or, again, even Kansas with the with the West. I think the East is Michigan's. Yeah, I have Michigan making, actually, the championship game. I just – I believe mm – -hmm. I know they've had struggles last week, but Illinois – and I'll get – we'll get to them in a, in a few minutes. But, I mean, my, what helps Michigan is their – their first round, obviously, they'll play a 16 seed. But whoever the winner is in that 8-9 matchup, I don't know. I, I mean, St. Bonaventure would be the only team out of St. Bonnie's and LSU that I could see beating Michigan. But we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I really, really can't stress this enough. I love Georgetown. I love Georgetown to play Michigan Sweet 16 uh, matchup. Let's go on down to the south. So Baylor-Hartford. Out of the 116 matchups, there's always one 116 matchup during the first half. You you find yourself looking at the score like, wait, what a minute? What what what? They're they're down eight. Uh, that's the Baylor Hartford game for me because Hartford, I don't know. I there there's something about them where they feel like they're going to end up beating being up at halftime and then you know lo losing by 25. The game of the weekend, at least I think on the first weekend side, could be North Carolina, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's had a couple bad bad beats the last couple weeks. They really got, uh, to be honest with you, they they got the shit kicked out of them against Iowa on Big Ten Conference Tournament Week. Uh, Winthrop, I actually like Winthrop to make the Elite Eight. Winthrop is such a dangerous team. Big and Winthrop guy. Well, dude, they, they, they play fast and they play really well. They move the ball. They also do a little bit of pick and roll action at times. And I'm telling you, 
they could make the Elite Eight. I wouldn't even be shocked if some people had them in their Final Four. Purdue, North Texas, that feels like a possible upset. I don't know. Utah State, that's one of the teams that everyone seems to be surprised for some reason that they got in. But to be honest with you, if you watch Utah State's schedule down at the end, down the latter half of the season in February, they played really well. You got Arkansas, Colgate. That's just going to be a track meet. I think they're playing on a basketball court, but that'll be a track meet. Watch Colgate to upset Arkansas. Florida, Virginia Tech. I don't know what to think of either of these teams. This is just a question mark. I like Florida, I guess. And Ohio State or Roberts. Please tell me you got to see Ohio State, Illinois yesterday. That was one of the best games I have watched all college basketball season. I did not see it. So I, I will admittedly say that yesterday was my um, – I, I went out early to a new coffee shop and got groceries. So it was a little bit more of a – a little bit more of a lax day for me. And um, I was I was into the Penguins on, on Saturday very hard. So I feel like I needed a day off from sports. So some of it to me is more of just gauging up for the tournament. Um, but look, I, I, I really like Baylor. And, and I know some of this, again, is, is coming off as Big 12 bias because because what I see. But I think Baylor really looks to be putting together pieces at this point and, and really could be successful. Now, this isn't an easy side of the bracket. I, I don't think that they're the um, – the clear favorite like the East with Michigan. I really think Michigan probably has the easiest draw of all the one seeds going through their brackets. Um, you know, we just talked about like a Maryland UConn throwback, but what about like North Carolina, Wisconsin? That also feels like a very traditional, almost uh, blue blood matchup and a couple of coaches, uh, especially Roy Williams that have been there and done that. So they can have their teams ready to play. Um, I, I just want to give a shout out to the, um, the, the mean green of North Texas, because remember we talked about them playing UAB a couple weeks ago. So uh, always fun to see my teams that I just randomly pick in, in the tournament. So um, go Eagles, but I digress. Um, I also like teams uh, that represent brands and really take branding to a new level, like Colgate uh, representing the toothpaste industry. I know that that's the name of their university. Um, terrible attempted humor, but Ohio State and and even a team even a team like Arkansas and Florida, I actually think this is a very deep. I think this may be the deepest of the of the regions. Personally, I think there's a lot of good teams in this region. It's not going to be easy for the one seed or, or maybe even the two seed in Ohio State to make it out of here. There's going to be a lot of tough basketball to be played. I think Baylor is putting it together at the right time. They've kind of gotten hot in the back half of the season. Of course, COVID stalled some of their season, but. This I think this is a very deep side of the side of the bracket. I think Ohio State certainly has their has their stuff together. And of course, again, my my as I like to call it, my Big 12 bias with a team like Texas Tech. There is there is a lot, a lot of talent in this side of the bracket, all the way down to the 12 and 13 seeds. So this this might be the side of the bracket to watch. If if you're gonna pay attention to one side and some of the upsets and uh, potential teams to make it watch the South because the South has a lot of good basketball to be played over the weekend. Let's touch, let's touch on the uh, final uh, region, Illinois Drexel. That's just going to be a stomp. Uh, that's going to be a wash. Uh, Illinois is so good. And, and, and I'll talk about them in a moment. Georgia tech ACC champions. What a game that was. And Josh pastor, you, we fall in love with certain people at different times of the year. 
I remember um, the coach from Georgia State a couple years ago, how he ended up on the uh, scooter. Everyone loved him. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I was one of those guys. R.J. Hamilton, I think, was the point guard. Uh, that feels like Georgia Tech's coach. But if they lose to Loyola Chicago, I don't think I'll be surprised. Loyola Chicago is a lot better than they were in that Final Four team, and that's saying something. Oregon State, Tennessee, talk about the story of the March so far outside of Georgetown. It's Oregon State. They were picked to finish last. They win the Pac-12. They literally played themselves to a championship. That's incredible. They're playing a struggling Tennessee team as well, who I, I hate Tennessee's defense when it comes down to the half court. They just don't know what they're doing there the last few weeks. Liberty, Oklahoma State, everyone is on Oklahoma State, right? Everyone is on them in Cade Cunningham. He'll be a lottery pick the way he's played the last month in the season since January, really. But would you be shocked if Liberty beat him? I wouldn't. San Diego State, Syracuse, you got Buddy Bayheim. I love that name, the double Bs, B squared. But San Diego State, they're pretty powerful. Morehead State, West Virginia. West Virginia can't shoot the ball. West Virginia cannot shoot the ball. I don't know what's going on there. I think Morehead State's going to get one of those upsets on uh, the first day and beat West Virginia. Rutgers Clemson, first time since 1995 that they are in the tournament. Rutgers can't feel uh, nothing but happiness for them because they seem to be in the bottom of everything and, um, you know, no fault of their own. But, I mean, last time what they were relevant, what, as far as, Sports world goes was the Ray Rice, Greg Schiano, Ray uh, Rutgers team. Houston, Cleveland State. I feel like that's the only two to fifteen matchup where there could be an upset um, in the first two days of the tournament. But um, I, I really love Illinois to come out of this region. And to be honest with you, I love Illinois to win the whole thing. I, I, I just think, I think there is a very slim chance that we would be seeing another team outside of Illinois win. That's how strongly I feel about it. And I know there's obviously tons of other possibilities, but that's just how good Illinois is. Well, when you look at this one, I, I kind of liken this one to the East a little bit where I think there is the clear favor with the number one, Uh, a team like Houston, I think you're right. I, and I've seen a lot of, I've even seen a lot of analysts kind of go into this too. Now, Houston has certainly played themselves to a, a two-seed. I don't think a lot of people are going to argue that side of it. But it's another one of those arguments, too, and I, 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 I think of it in terms of college football, too. When the competition is not as deep, you are going to be better and, and maybe have a bad shooting night or two and lose a couple games, and that's going to happen. I mean, basketball is, is, is more of an open book in that regard that you can lose games and still be good. But – I think Illinois is definitely the the favorite in this side of the bracket. I think that there are some deep teams. Uh, honestly, Oklahoma State has has came on strong the last couple of weeks, um, playing into the Big 12 tournament even. I think they've really started to put together, of course, the return of Cade Cunningham and uh, another one of their starters. I, I can't remember his name offhand. I don't have it in front of me, but really kind of come back into their own um, and and been good. And I think they've worked into it. Uh, play themselves into a four seed for as good as they've been the last couple of weeks. You know, I, I always like seeing a team like San Diego state in there because sometimes you forget about them out West, uh, but they're a tournament regular and, and they've been in here before. Now I, I don't think they're going to make a deep run and an elite eight run, but they certainly have a, 
they have a presence in here, but you know who they're playing? Jim Beheim and Syracuse, another one of those teams that know what it takes to win. So although I don't think this one is, is quite as deep as the South, I really think the South probably has the deepest amount of talent. Um, again, I kind of liken this one to the East where the, where the Big Ten has prominence with Michigan in the East and Illinois in the, in the Midwest. But I think there are a few matchups to be watched. And I think you're going to see more upsets in this region maybe than the others too, uh, just because of some of the some of the play I, I know we've talked about West Virginia here before I had my uh, uh, I'll call it a rant last week about West Virginia but that's <laughs> it's just what happens we'll um, we'll see how that it all plays out but again I, I think Illinois is probably the um, the the team we should all be betting one out of this side yeah and uh, we got a fantastic March to look forward to and uh, Ryan before we wrap up if they want to hear guests that are upcoming, if they want to follow us, listen, how, how will they do that? Yeah, so you're listening to us likely, most likely on Apple or Spotify. So find us on your favorite platform, Apple or Spotify, the Two Ryan Sports Show. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review on those platforms. We always like seeing that. So again, make sure you subscribe. Uh, leave us a quick rating and a review if you're so inclined on those platforms. Again, Apple or Spotify for the show. But to get the latest updates uh, on the show, announcements about episodes, announcement about guests, find us on social media as well on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, we're going to have a lot of content coming this week with the tournament coming up. So there's going to be a lot of social media content, um, a lot on Twitter probably this week with the tournament upcoming. So be sure you're following along. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok to Ryan Sports Show. Find us there for all the latest news and updates and listen to us on Apple and Spotify. And we'll see everyone Friday. It's going to be a big day, folks. Get ready.